make sure I'm on. Well, if, uh, if you knew that song, you might be old. And if you knew that song and you're young, I'll pray for you because you shouldn't be listening to secular music. So start out like that. Well, welcome, everybody. I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, did he mention I was a national champion? Did anybody mention that? I, no, no I, I'm so thankful and, and pleased. Welcome, and can you, everyone, do me a favor. Let, let's really, now let's do it as excited as we would. Who's excited for the new Top Gun movie coming out or is out or whatever it is, right? So let's get equally, if not more, excited. And let's welcome our online family who's watching right now. Thank you. Glad they're watching. Well, I'm, I'm on the docket today, and, and the reason is, is that Pastor Josh um, is away with Angie, and it's pretty exciting. They are away for their 25th year anniversary. So if they're watching, let's, get, let's truly give it up for them. That's amazing. Um, I think Jake is here. They have one amazing child. Um, actually, they have four. The other three are not here, I don't believe. But they have four amazing children, been married 25 years, and that is amazing. You know, um, I, started, I started out with, with that song for a reason. And, uh, you know, I think it's so true. I think we live in a world to where uh, people do want to know what love is. Does that make sense? You know, we, we search you know, we want to know what love is. And um, what I can tell you is love is not a feeling. Love is a fact. Love is a fact. Love is not a feeling. We, we get wrapped up into feelings and emotions. And we can't always trust our feelings or emotions. And let me help you with that with this story. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Last Saturday, um, I'm, we're headed up to our... 50-year uh, reunion. We're like four years out, so, okay? So we're like four years. I know, like, man, dude, that guy is old. <laughs> He's almost dead, you know? I mean, I remember when I was 18 and someone was like 35, they were like almost dead, you know? Until you, you turn 35 and, you know, and then you turn 60 and now maybe 100's old, right? So that's kind of how that works. But last Saturday, um, I'm part of the board and helping to, create our 50-year reunion. And when I was there, it's, it's really weird, and what's odd is that I'm standing up here today, and uh, you're always a little nervous and, and when you're presenting to people, but it's a very large group of people. But here's the part about our emotions that we cannot trust. It's been 46 years since I've been in high school, and I was petrified to talk in class. I mean, petrified. It's just, it just, it wasn't my thing. I was as nervous as could be. It, it, I would just be sick. And I'm in the room with about 12 of my classmates planning it. And we're sitting in chairs and it's almost like a schoolroom setting. And I'm sitting there, not thinking anything of it. And Eddie Petrowski, the guy that's leading the charge in that, he's going around the room. And, and remember, I'm, I'm with these people that I remember from 46 years ago. And I'm sitting there, it was no big deal. And he got around to me and he said, Larry, do you have anything to say about this? And some of you that know me now, I have a lot to say about a lot of things, right? 
Not, not too uh, quiet when it comes, that's all I do is that my wife used to say, you get paid to talk, that's what you do. <clears throat> I said, okay, fair enough. But it, it got to me and he said, Larry, do you have anything to say? And as I started talking, it's a true story. I, I felt this emotion of I was 17, 18 years old again and I felt flush, I felt sweaty, I felt like everybody was looking at me and it was the Larry Miller from back in 1975, 1976. And I felt this emotion and I was like, like, why is this happening? And I had to take a deep breath and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've been called out of what you used to be. You see, when God gets a hold of your life, the Bible says, how can a man take fire into his bosom and not be consumed and have something to say about it? So today I stand here, this isn't a message, but it's about emotions and how we can't trust them. Because I had an emotion on me and it was fear. See, fear is a spirit. And it came over me of like, people are looking at you. What you have to say doesn't count. You're embarrassed. I was literally back in 1975 and it was the weirdest feeling that I've had and I don't ever wanna have it again. And I stopped it right there and I thought, you know what, you do have something to say. You know what, you're a minister of the gospel. You know what, you've been set free. You know what, God loves you. You do not have to have this fear in your heart of what these people who you, you have not seen, some of them in 35 years. And I felt the spirit of God just break. I was still a little sweaty, but I wasn't flush and my words came out and I was okay. But I want you to know that we can't trust our feelings because love is not a feeling. We do feel, but love itself is not a feeling. Love is something we look at that at times can make us feel good. It can make us feel bad, but it makes us feel, right? It'll make us feel something, love. What is love? And what's funny and I find interesting is that we as people, we will look for things that we think are love. We look for love in things. We look for love in, in uh, positions, jobs, cars, power, finances, because these things make us feel, right? It make us feel, and everyone here, every single person here will find a place that makes you feel good and that's where you try to live, every one of us. Some of us don't like confrontation and we're like, out. Find a way to get out, we'll shut down, right? We'll shut down, we don't like to feel that, so we'll find a place to feel right. We'll find, try to find love, now listen to me, in people relationships, we'll try to find it in a spouse or a relationship or a parent or a child or a grandchild. You know, I, I've almost done that. I have, uh, I have a grandchild that's eight, I have one. So son, if you're watching, come on, man. I got one. I one little girl, that'd be great. But I got a grandson who's eight. And if I'm not careful, I'll find myself pouring out love because he gives it back. He, he gives it back, which leads me to this. Some of you are gonna like me, 
some of you are not going to like me. I know people, don't raise your hand, don't say that's me, oh me, oh my. You love animals more than you love people. It's true. You know why? Do you know why? It's really simple because we know the story. You have a dog, you go out to get the mail, you come back and it's like you've been, for, been gone for a week. Animals jumping up and down and see they just reciprocate love all the time because the animal's love tends to be unconditional. Huh? Are you with me? That's why we love animals because they just love us for who we are. If that animal really knew who you were, that animal might not like you so much. See, because love is to know, it's to know and to be known, to let people let us in. So we, we search for love in, in those things because we wanna feel. Love is not a feeling, it's a fact. I wanna read, if you have your Bibles, if you have your phone, do me a favor. I'm gonna come down and make sure every single one of you, I'm just kidding, I'm not doing that. But if you have your phones, please get your phone out. Dig up 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Some of you already know what this is gonna say. And it's interesting because, you know, we, we look for love in things literally because it makes us feel, right? Are you guys getting the, the, the message about how we feel? You know, I've been, I've been trying to help myself real quick with, with adding the question when I have a feeling and I ask the question, this is gonna help someone today. When I have a feeling or an emotion, I ask myself, what does that mean? Right, so we text somebody four hours later, they haven't even read it, or they have it on their phone where you can't tell if they've read it, which is a good idea. But then you get emotional, right? It's been four hours. Then we get emotional. Ask yourself real quick, what does that mean? You know, I have to do that a lot with my wife. She's not here to defend herself, but um, a lot of times when she is, I feel in my brain a certain way, I have to ask myself, what does that mean? Because she's trying to tell me something. But if we take first emotions and go, you know, it's interesting if we, this is free. If, if, if we were to treat people the way we started a relationship when we end a relationship, now listen, you're gonna wanna write this down. If we were to treat people the way we do when we start a relationship, the same way when we end it, you wouldn't be ending a relationship. Huh? I'm gonna say it one more time. If we treated people the way we started a relationship, when we end the relationship, you wouldn't be ending a relationship. Well, what does that mean? You know, uh, when you're in love and your relationship starts is, uh, you know, my wife asked me to take out the trash and I'm like, oh, yes, beautiful, I will take out the trash. And this is incredible, I'll take it out anytime you want me to. I'll take out your trash, it's beautiful. And then so many years later, she's like, you know, hey, could you take out the trash? What do you think I am, your janitor? It's not love, is it? 
That's not love, is it? Where were we? All right, to our Bibles, to our phones. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it should be on the screen. And it, we, we want to know, you know, the question was asked in the song by Forner uh, in the 1970s, I want to know what love is. I want to feel what love is. Love's not a feeling. Love is a fact. The Bible's going to tell us right here. So if you're actually searching for love in all the wrong places, you know I had to go there, didn't you? If you're searching for love in sex, you know, we even use the word, it's going to get rated a, a little bit R, X maybe, um, you know, making love. You don't make love. I'm going to read to you what love is, and you're going to find out that terminology. You know, Pastor Josh, I love Pastor Josh. I've learned so much from that man. Um, it's incredible. And he always tells me, Larry, words matter. And for a guy that just likes to spew a lot, you know, that made me stop and think for a minute. I probably need to be careful what I say because words do matter, right? Somebody say amen. 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 Are you with me? Are you leaning in? All right, I'm gonna read. I know they're like, my gosh, would the man read? Chapter 13, and in verse four, it says, it explains. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record, it keeps no record, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, always preserves love never fails. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what love is. Love is a verb. Love isn't necessarily what we, we receive, although we do. If you notice the word love, love is what we do. Did you get that? See, we all, we all want something and I'm gonna show you how to get that in just a minute with a scripture that typically isn't used <clears throat> in that space. Love isn't something that we get, although we can. Love, see, Paul was writing to the church of Corinth and he was trying to explain to this church, Corinth was a massive city. Sorry, I didn't do my research. I don't know how big the church was, but I bet it was bigger than us four and no more. It was a big church in a big city that had a lot going on, just like Atlanta, <clears throat> Chicago, New York, Newark. A lot going on. And Paul was like, hey, hey, there's some things happening in the church and you're messing this up because you're confused with what love is. I wanna know what love is. I want you to show me. Now in the song, I would venture to say they were looking at something different, something incorrect. If I'm gonna show you what love is, we've gotta read that chapter, right? We have to read it. 
But if you want to really receive love, let's go to Luke chapter six. And you know, when I was studying, I never really, I didn't see this until I kind of thought, what's this all about? Luke chapter 6, 38. So this morning you're here and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I just don't feel loved. I don't feel loved. And I understand that. You know, it's been said that you can be in a room of a thousand people and feel alone. Anybody been there? People, they, they just, they don't get me, man. They don't get me. So I wanna help you. I wanna help you using scripture because it's the only way that we can do this thing right. You know, it's amazing that we have this instruction book that if I'm honest with you, listen, it's not a cosmic killjoy book. It isn't a book of a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's not a book of a bunch of do's and don'ts. And even if it were, if you spend the time doing the do's, you don't have time to do the don'ts and it keeps you happy. You see, I love joy. I love energy. I love emotion. I love it. And, and I exercise it regularly, much like a muscle when it's not used. How many of you know it gets weak? As I've gotten older, um, <laughs> I used to watch older guys and no offense, I'm, somewhere in that range. And uh, you see guys, you know, kind of doing this. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of started doing that. I'm like, I trip upstairs. My wife and my son are just like, dad, pick up your stinking feet. And it's like, I don't know. I, I just, you know, so if you don't use it, you lose it. And so what happens is, listen to me, when we just go, I've given up on love. You will absolutely lose it. You will absolutely lose expressing it or even to know how to receive it. Does that make sense? When you're not an emo, you just don't wanna be emotional. I don't wanna be joyful. Whatever those things are that you do not work and use, whether it's passion, maybe you've been beaten down. Maybe you just think there's no such thing as love. Uh, I have been around people that I've seen this as love. Here's something for you. Ladies, if you're going out with a guy and the relationship is starting out like he will take out the trash, right? Like we started, right? Oh, babe, yeah, I'll take out your trash anytime, you know. If it starts out that way, listen, make sure that you look at Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, keep that. Keep that right here, ladies and men. And say, is this love? Because sex is not love. It's not. And we've gotten it really confused. The same way that some of you maybe might have religious people get their britches in a bunch. I don't know what it was like online. But when we played the song, there might have been a person that was like, well, for the love of God. We are in church, Larry. Okay, okay, all right. I'm not gonna judge, but can I have just a chance to do a little teaching for just a second? Can can you give me permission? Yes, okay. So I would have done it anyway, so, but thank you. (laughs) Pastor Josh, last week, if you remember the sermon, it was about 
when Jesus died and said it was finished, that massive veil was just cut in two, done, right? And what God was saying and meant was that my presence will no longer be, now listen to me, is gonna help somebody in, in religious spirits right now. They're not liking this at all. That his spirit will now dwell in the hearts of men and women and not in a single space or building. So this building is, listen, okay, this building's not holy. Listen, this could be turned into a strip club tomorrow if we don't do what we're supposed to be doing. The same way that I've seen strip clubs turned into ministry places. It's not the building. Listen, somebody, it's the thing that lives within inside of us where two or more are gathered in my name and you come together. I am there in the midst. And that's what's happening right now in this space. Amen? Amen. It is. So th this building's no more holy. It, it is not. What makes it holy is us. Could we do unclean things in here? Absolutely. And I know that the Spirit of God would correct us and that would be changed very, very quickly. Where was I? Holy moly. Larry Reed. Luke chapter six, verse 38. If you want love, this is how you receive it. The Bible says in uh, Luke 6, 38, and it says, do not, know that you'll, you'll get this in a minute. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, now this is where it gets, you know, this whole financial thing, which is true. Give, and it shall be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He starts out, this is Jesus talking, and he says, what you do is what you get. Are you with me? What you do is what you get. Everybody say do. Everybody say get. What you do is what you get. My mom used to tell me, and I didn't understand it, she would say, Larry, love is as love does. I'd be like, what? Love is as love does. If you want love, the best thing that you can do, the Bible says, this isn't just for finances, because he says, if you judge, you'll be judged. What you do is what you get. Right? Does that make sense? What you do is what you get. What we do is what we get. If you want love, then you give love and it shall be given to you, pressed down, just running in your lap to where you are just loved the way that I am. I feel loved. Last night I was, I was at the contest. We were in Springfield. And uh, did somebody mention I got a national record? <laughs> That's getting bad, right? Pride, thank you. Pride comes before the fall. No, I just had fun. And uh, what, what made it fun was 
My wife started with me, we got married in 1980 and she's followed me around for 40 some years after contest, after contest. I've been over 75 contests and she's followed me around and sat there and waited and yay, Larry, yeah, okay. And she's been just amazing. And so for her last night to be there with my two kids that are now much older and they were there, but they used to be there when they were three and seven years old, running around in the gyms and at the contest and we're corralling them and getting them back in the seats so nobody gets hurt. And they were there having no idea what daddy was doing. Yay, daddy, and not having a clue and, and me competing at super high levels. And then last night, I see my wife and I see my, my two children and I see my grandson, for him to be able to see Poppy do this and kind of understand what was going on. See, that was love, it wasn't sex. That was, I saw them, I, I didn't ask them to come. I said, well, it's not a big deal. I've done, done 100, man. And my wife's like, no, we're all coming. This might be your last. And I thought, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. All right, I see what's going on here. Check your sweet tea when you're drinking it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not sure what that meant. All right. Yeah. Oh, love is not what we give, but rather what we do. Love is a big deal. Love is a big deal. How many of you know love is a big deal? It is, man. We all need it. We need love. We need to feel it, but we need to give it. And if you give it, you're going to get it. So somebody here today, you don't feel loved, then, then give love. That's what you'll get. That's what the writer's saying. You're going to get what you give. You're gonna get what you give. Real quick, from 1980 to 1990, and since it's even higher, from 1980 to 1990, 73% of all Billboard Top 40 hits were about love. Love's a big deal, 73%, and they estimate that it's more like 80 now. Now, that doesn't mean the song's correct, but they try to write, the writers try to write and record love songs. They have estimated, you ready for this? More than one million love songs have been recorded. More than one million You know, so I had to do some research and I thought to myself, I wonder, I wonder what is in your head, you might have your own song. But, well, I need to say what Billboard Top 40 said the number one song is. Take a guess. That's your cue. See, I can do that. Nailed it. All right, that's good. Daniel, I'm trying out next week, baby. Where are you at? Yeah, amen. Amen. Just being honest, right? Well, you know, I, I thought about that song for a minute, and I thought, well, well what, makes it, what makes it such a great song? Other than an amazing, beautiful voice, right? Beautiful voice. Whitney Houston. Here's the key, guys. 
Here's why it's such a beautiful song. Because she talks about, you're not gonna see this in a song or understand it, but it's agape love. It's what Jesus talked about for us. It's about agape love, which means unconditional. Whitney Houston says, I will always love you, right? I will always love you. How many of you know that's an amazing safe place to be? Whew, man, it gives me goosebumps that I'll always love you. An agape, it's an agape. There's three, four different types of love in the Greek and in the Hebrew. And the one that is so amazing is agape love. Unconditional, like that dog. But we as humans, we attach so many things to this. If you do this for me, or you remember that how you digging in and it says, love doesn't keep what? record of, oh, by the way, April, yeah, like two weeks ago, remember when you said, hang on, I had that right here. Oh, yeah, and another thing. Guys, guys, that's not godly. That's sin, because we're not doing love. When we keep record of wrong and we keep it up here, it's not healthy. It doesn't build great relationships because we need an agape kind of love that only God can give us so that we love people for who they are no matter what they've done. One of the greatest scriptures, we're not gonna go to it, but John 3.16, you guys know it. For God so agape, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world, meaning not the earth. He loved you and I, period. Someone needs to hear this, period. Because your love and your foundation of what you've experienced love to be has been conditional. So you have a hard time trusting God with this unconditional thing. Listen, God loves you. It, when you get this, I, 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 God, I just ask right now in Jesus' name, that the Holy Spirit would just penetrate the hearts and the minds of your people so that they could know that they could know that you are God and that you love them regardless of what they do. You just love us. Someone needs to hear that. It is, if it's based on performance, we are all in big trouble. Amen? It's because he loved us. Well, I'm gonna close with this. If I could have Tim come on up, if he's not already up here somewhere, he's gonna help me close. Um, I'm gonna read, and I promise I'll get right to it right now. I, I won't. First Peter, this is a good one so that you guys can understand. God's love for us, his love, Love has been so skewed and messed up. And, you know, you know, we use the word love for, you know, I love chocolate. <laughs> I love pizza. Amen. Amen. Man, I got to, I had to weigh in at a certain weight and I made it by 0.25 pounds yesterday morning. As I've gotten older, man, it's hard. I used to be able to drop five pounds in like three days. Now, to try to drop five pounds, it takes five weeks, 10 weeks. It's hard. 
you know, it's really hard. And after we got done weighing in, I said, hey, y'all, we're going and eating. Listen, confession time, don't judge me. I had, we went to Frisch's and I went to the, to the uh, breakfast bar. I had four plates of food and they were packed. <laughs> Note to self, right before a contest, that was a really big mistake. I felt like crap, that was bad. Man, oh. I'm gonna read this. And it says, but you, it's in 1 Peter 2, 9. Write this down. Somebody needs to get this. And here's what I need you to understand. He chose you and me. We didn't choose him. Well, I'm gonna use the term select and I'm gonna use it in a story in just a moment in closing. It says, but you are a chosen people. Everyone say, I'm chosen. Say it like you mean it. Yes, you are. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Say, I'm a royal priesthood. Some of you are like, you're not sure, but I want you to know that you are. If you know Jesus Christ, you are. Whether you think that you're living like it or not. A holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I wanna stop there for a second. Pastor Josh, we've done a message about praising and worshiping and honoring God for who he is, right? For who he is, for who he is. Not necessarily what he's done, even though he's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, someone say amen, right? He's called us into that marvelous light and given us hope. And we are to praise him and give him honor and glory. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Until you understand and realize who you really are and what we really deserved from the beginning, right? What we really deserved from the beginning was death. But God commended his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and for me. That's a big deal. That's love that goes beyond anything we could ever think or hope for. We deserve death. And coming off the heels of the 2022 NFL draft. I was watching it and I was like, wow, I can't even imagine a 22 year old kid. First of all, I can't imagine being 22 again. <laughs> and I'm watching him. If you've watched the draft, sorry for people that aren't into this thing, football and all that, but I just want you to think there's a kid that just played college football <clears throat> and he's sitting at home or he's at Las Vegas. And he's waiting, waiting for his name to be called out. And they use the word selected. And the commissioner comes out from the back or someone does and they have a card. And they walk up and they say, 
the Cleveland Browns, and that always perks my ears out because that's my team and they really stink. But <clears throat> the Cleveland Browns have selected for the 2022 NFL draft, they have selected and they read the name. And you know that young man has to feel like, I was chosen. Somebody wanted me. Somebody wanted me. I sat and waited. So I thought to myself, you know, that was me. That was me. And if I could say this is how heaven does it, and I'm not saying that, so don't anybody think that I'm skewing the word of God or being disrespectful. But in my own head, <clears throat> I went back to 1978. And I wonder in heaven if it might have looked like this. An angel came up to the podium and said, in the 1978 heavenly draft, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit select Larry Miller in 1978 to be on the team. And I was called out of darkness into his marvelous light because of his love for me in my imperfect state. 